Hello, and welcome to Dice Try, the RPG and storytelling podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Schaub. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Dice Try. I am your host and GM, Daniel Schaub. I am here with all my players, Krista Llewellyn, Paul Dixon, and Earl Kim. And riding along beside us is our audio engineer, GTM, which of course stands for Rapes Touching Meniscus. Uh, am I a ska band? <laughs> Grapes Touch. That would be a great name for a ska band. <laughs> Grapes Touching I was a big fan of Real Big Fish back in the day. Anyway, so sh- shout out to my friend Dante. I think he was like Real Big Fish's like merch manager or like tour manager or something. <laughs> Anyways, love you. <laughs> so on today's episode, uh, we're not gonna be asking questions because I'm gonna be asking you guys a lot of questions in the end. Because today we are creating the new characters that you are going to play in our upcoming campaign, which I'm calling The Black Patch, which is set in the Black Patch Tobacco Wars of Kentucky between 1905 and 1909. And Krista is actually holding up the character sheet. Well, I did a terrible Google drawing. Uh, that I then shared it with Krista, and she was like, "Yeah, I can fix that." <laughs> well, I mean, I just put—I just made it fancy. Wait, can I have one? Those of you at home who are watching the YouTube video of the version of this will be able to see it when I share my screen later. Also, for those who are just listening to the podcast, I'll try to remember to post it to my Instagram on the day that this episode comes out. We'll see if that actually happens. So somebody will remind me. We can put put it on the actual Instagram too. Yeah. Yeah. Before we get into the actual character creation, one of the main things about this kind of I'm not gonna say system, but method that I've devised is that you come into character creation with a concept in mind based around the campaign setting that you're going to be in. So give us just kind of the Tinder profile short version of your character concept and we'll start with uh krista because she looks like she was chomping at the bit there a second ago (laughs) i'm like still fleshing it out and i don't know her name yet because i haven't found a cool name i was thinking of having my character maybe be a lot older than perhaps the rest of the people in the group like maybe she's uh been around for a while and came to america uh, I was thinking of her maybe being Irish and came to America during sort of the the first wave of Irish immigration coming to North Carolina. Um, and she sort of integrated herself into um, the Appalachian Mountains and became sort of a hill folk hoodoo witch and traveled as like a card reader, uh, uses sort of like herbs and, and magic and things to help out the communities around her. Yeah, but she's putting that all as a front because she has real magic. Perfect. Sometimes uses to help people. All right. Uh, Paul, give us the Bumble profile of your character concepts. Mid-40s, 
um, divorced with no kids. Uh, I was thinking we we took notes last time. Uh, I remember us talking about my character being like a detective type. Was that correct? Yeah, like a Kentucky sheriff or lawman. I think a disgruntled sheriff uh, with uh, with a heart of gold. All right. And we'll move on to Earl. Earl, give us the grinder profile of your. Jesus Christ. Just the um, short version. <laughs> uh, so, my character's name is Charles Allen Park. Uh, we can get into that later and get more in depth about the name and sort of why and how. Um, uh, he is an operative for the Keller House. And he is uh, essentially the closest thing to say is like he's a spirit medium and shaman uh, in sort of uh, traditional Korean uh, mystic arts, I guess. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to start sharing my screen now. If you guys can't see it on your screens at home, I also shared the files that I'm about to present yeah. now. All right. We got like windows inside windows inside windows inside windows 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 inside windows inside windows inside windows windows inside windows windows inside windows sorry when you look at this character sheet that I sent you it's gonna look similar to a lot of other character sheets that you have seen in the past and yet there will be some key differences. So we're going to start with something called qualities. And qualities are broad terms that make up your character. Typically in other RPGs, that would be words like strength, dexterity, constitution, those kinds of things. But you can see that these six spaces here are blank. And that's because I want you guys to come up with these six quality words that describe you. And to kind of help you as a guide, not only did I come up with some examples, but in terms of creating the character, you want to think of the qualities as words that describe your physicality, personality, sociability, and mentality. This is going to start with the broad strokes, and then as we move down in each section, it will hone what the character is more. So... I wrote down some sample qualities here, such as grit, toughness, guile, grace, fierceness, enigmatic, intimidating, fearsome, tactful, witty, aware, wily, intellectual, experienced, powerful, strong, freakish. And you can start kind of start to notice that these words describe the character more than just how they talk to people, but intimidating could also refer to their physical presence like they are a big tough strong guy but they also intimidate people when they talk to them the word enigmatic can describe both your personality and your sociability with other people do we want that is that is that good do we want multi fur words yeah the more words that it covers actually probably the better it is so we want words that like all oh, as many qualities as possible. That will be your first little task is to come up with the, the six words that are qualities. Yeah, fit the quality that you're thinking of. Um, if you have any questions for me, I am free to answer them. Personality, sociability, mentality, and physicality. 
And if Sorry. we wanted to add one that's not on that list of examples, we could do that. Yeah, that is totally fine. Um, uh, uh, when you guys are done or as you come up with them, uh, I just ask that you say them to me so I can make sure that it kind of fits. Because yeah. um, during the test run that we went through, one of the people wanted to make one of his qualities psionic, which doesn't actually describe who the person is. Mm. Like psionic would be more of a skill or a special move, which we'll get to later. So resourceful would be a good one, right? Yes. So GTM, how have you been? <laughs> okay. Just okay? Uh, streaming a lot. We're trying to. Oh, really? What's your uh, handle so people can go check you out? Uh, you can find me at Japarican One. I am currently touring Ghost of Tsushima through photo mode, so I'm going around taking photos. It's a fun little stream. I try to tie it in to when Earl is uh, streaming before or after, because he has his own stream with uh, Aisuke, who plays the lead Jin in the game. And both of them have some really awesome, funny streams. Uh, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to distract everyone as they come up with very complicated words. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm trying to I'm trying to decide whether or not experienced or practiced would be a better one. I like practiced more than I like experience. Yeah. Because yeah. practice implies that you are very good at the particular set of things that you know how to do. And experience yeah. could be broad enough that it means, oh, I just have a wealth of experience so I can do a lot of different things. Yeah. Could I use empathetic? Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I feel like if you're em empathetic is more of uh, you are affected by the the moods of other people. Like you are, you are hit by it, whereas... Whereas empathic means I feel like you're able to pick up and listen on, like it's more of an active verb, I guess, in my brain. Like empathic means like you're someone who can, who can use your empathy as opposed to empathetic. It's like you're, you're getting bombarded or you're getting hit by other people's emotion. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. How are you guys doing? I think I have mine, but... Why don't you go ahead and uh, read out the six that you wrote down to me? The I said resourceful, charismatic, mm. practiced. Um, I wrote down aware, but I don't know if I want aware or maybe something like in tuned. How do you envision that? Do you mean you're aware of like your physical surroundings or of like mystical powers out in the world? I would say the mystical powers out in the world. Then and how they interact with my environment. I then I would probably use the word intuned. Okay. Uh, so intuned, empathetic, and fiery. I think fiery describes your uh, physical appearance. Cool. So those are mine. And how are you doing, Paul? I'm good to go. Um, you want to hear them? Uh, focused, grit, moral. Pessimistic, sharp, and experienced. I like all six of those. I can tell the type of character you are immediately. Yeah, it's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. That that uh, disgruntled sheriff just kind of hit like yeah. all the numbers to what I thought about. Yeah. 
it's already probably pretty clear that if you did come into character creation without even a basic concept in mind, this process would be kind of impossible. Yeah, it'll be really hard. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. So go um, ahead and read out your six to me. My six are piercing, open, enduring, insightful, curious, surprising. I like all six of those. Yeah. All more. right. So I like enduring. Yeah. Now that you've named off all six, we're going to start attaching values to those qualities. Unlike a other RPGs where it's you roll a d20 and you add the value next to it, this is going to be, the value is the number of dice that you roll. In later episodes, we'll talk about, you know, completing tasks and stuff like that, but each quality that you have that you have named is going to start with a value of one, mm -hmm. and then you're going to roll 2d6. You can uh, divide the result among your qualities as you wish. So I rolled two sixes, like, shit you not. That is totally fine. <laughs> I rolled a five and a five. We're, we're coming stacked, Dan. I hope you're ready. That is all right, because actually, the uh, higher the number is, it doesn't necessarily automatically mean success. Uh, Paul, were you able to uh, roll some dice on a dice roller app or whatever? It was. I got two sixes. Hey, there you go. They all start with one, and then you split up that 12 or 10 and uh, divide them among the qualities as you choose. It's so hard, though. What happens if you roll two twos? I mean, or two ones? Well, that's an excellent question, Gabriel. And it's uh, you don't need to worry about that necessarily because there are later opportunities within character creation to increase the value of your qualities. Thank you for asking. That's this what been, I'm here for. This has been my TED Talk. In the scale of one to like, what is this? Like one to 10 for people? Like what is this? Like, like what does a two, what's the difference between a two and a one in any of these qualities? It just means that you're stronger at that particular thing, but it's not as clear cut as that that you might get in D&D &D where, oh, a plus five is really strong. It's like, yes, I will roll five dice, but... I only have a 50% chance of getting the success that I seek. Okay. You will need a number of successes to complete a task. Mm. And when you go to do a task, the dice that you roll is the quality plus your skill. So if you have five Got quality it. and two in the skill, you roll seven dice and you have a 50% of getting one okay. success with each die that you roll. How often do we update these quality modifiers these numbers like is it a leveling so, basis there are no levels there is experience that you will gain at a certain point the way to level it up uh you level up quality slower than you level up skills okay it's it's kind of like elder scrolls e in a way where like if you are doing like athletics then if you jump a lot you accumulate the thing you just you have to use the thing it has you is is that like it's sort of a uh no, no. I'll, I'll explain it at the end okay uh, i guess i'm just worried and about are the numbers that i distribute now pretty much they're going to be it you will get an experience point pretty frequently mm -hmm. but it's always one so like you defeat a monster you get one experience point 
that you complete a trap or complete an investigation to get one skill point each. And then okay. to level up a quality, it is the number you have times the number that you want to change it to. So if you have a five and you want to move up to a six, you need 30 experience 30. points. Ah, okay. Cool. Thank you. That's what I was... That... Yeah. You the best. Yeah. But you level up each thing individually, so you have to kind of take stock of what's most important to level up at a time, because once you yeah. use the experience points, you lose them. So it's almost like there could be a quality you really like, but the farther you go, the harder, the longer it'll take to level it up. Exactly. That that should be the goal. I'm done. I am also done. So it's a total of 18 right now. Are, are all of our qualities added up should add up to 18, correct? For you and Paul, for Krista, it should be 16. You and Paul both rolled 12s and then she rolled a 10. So that finishes off the qualities. We will move on to skills. And skills are the described process of how you actually complete and perform a task. And you get to name the skills that you use. For instance, since um, Paul wants to be kind of a, like a sheriff, maybe tracking would be an important skill to him so he can track down people. The skills should be specific, but not too specific as to undermine their usefulness. For instance, during our little test run that we did, uh, somebody was like, uh, I don't know, photography. And I was like, well, how useful will that actually be in the story of this game? And then uh, you're going to name off six skills. I would recommend if you think you're going to be doing fighting, you should name a skill uh, skill after a fighting style, such as edge weapons, martial arts, or firearms. And if you're a mystic of some kind, you should use one skill slot to kind of describe, you know, shamanism or uh, alchemy or something like that. During the test portion that we did of this, we actually discovered, I actually tried it with eight originally and discovered that eight was too many. <laughs> so how many skills? Six. 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 Well, and eventually you, you will get opportunities just within character creation to create new skills. So question. Yeah. Would medicine and, and potion making be the same thing, you think? I guess not because potion make would would potion making be a part of medicine? I would call it alternative medicine or something to that effect. You know, implying that you're not necessarily doing like classical dressing of wounds and applying iodine and stuff like that. Okay. But because potions could also mean like negative, not just for healing either. Yeah. So ah. you, yeah. You could also yeah. go with like alchemy. Okay, alchemy kind of alchemy like a blanket for everything. Blanket for yeah. of, if, you, if you want to focus on particular potions, or should I not have explosives in there because technically I'd be making them with my alchemy? Explosives I put in there as more like traditional like dynamite and stuff like that. I do really like the idea of me making potions that explode though. <laughs> yeah, I think that fits under alchemy more than it does explosives. So. Cool. Character is also kind of like. You want it to be someone who hides, right? Like, kind of has two, plays two worlds. They have a Deception. match, kind of. 
maybe perception or performance or something maybe performance yeah she's putting on an act right yeah it's not just bold face lying it's really like putting on an act yeah what what skills do you have there krista i have alchemy uh divination performance nature lore and ritualism earl how you doing um, I'm wondering how broad or specific you want this or want me to be with right with the skills right now. So um, the two things that I have specifically are the two weapons that my character has uh, that are also like traditional Korean shamanic divining tools are a fan and a knife. Okay. The knife is kind of like it's not. It's like around the same size as a as a as a Bowie knife. Um, yeah, you don't necessarily need to split those up into do different skills. You okay. could choose a word like archaic weapons, meaning that you know how to fight with swords and like mm-hmm. weapons that are not not normally used. Or if you want to be a little more specific, like shamanistic weapons or. Uh huh. I reckon the fan is probably more like a weapon weapon, whereas I feel like the knife, a lot of it is tied to either severing ties that people like, like energetic ties that people have to certain like either demons or deities. It's, it's both like a practical, like you have a knife on you, so you don't get jacked, but like it has like a, a bit of zazz to it. So would that be, I would, I would imagine that would be a sort of separate. I would say that you use the one skill to describe your fighting style, meaning archaic weapons, and then use the other skill, another skill to uh, describe like shamanism or medium channeling or whatever word you want to use for it. And then just within the context of the game, we can understand that. I'm using my knife at this moment to defend myself, or I'm using my knife at this moment to uh, break ties with the spirits, or... Great, great. and and whatever, it, it just sort of fits into... Okay. Yeah. How you doing, Paul? Okay, I got uh, tracking, mm-hmm. firearms, history, repair, tactics, and investigation. Perfect. Are you planning on doing an Irish accent, Krista? Oh, God, no. <laughs> I can coach you if you like. No. I'm not going right. to um, Repeat after me. I was listening to something the other day, some podcast or something, and one of the hosts was Welsh. Oh, oh, the Welsh accent is quite lovely. Oh, it sounds like they're going up at the end, like it's a sentence. Mm, most often, yes. At the end of the sentence, like it's a question? Mm-hmm. That's not a very good Welsh accent, but... <laughs> oh, it's all right. You just need to do it more often. You sound like Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> <laughs> the first wave of Irish immigration was like uh, 1820. Um, so she's like been in North Carolina for a while. Okay. So she's kind of lost her accent. Yeah, I would say it's an amalgamation. Can I physically accomplish that? Probably not. 
Well, I try my best to not sound like a valley girl. I will do what I can. Uh, so, Dan, I've, I've made a category called kut or dances. is sort of a broad uh, translation of this ability, but it's basically like spirit possession. Okay. And in the spirit possession, like there are sort of different ways of, of sort of how it manifests and what it, it provides. I feel like, I don't know, I can make more skills. Like if you want me to, like I will, I'll take all the skills, but it feels like a really big, like just sort of spirit position in general just feels like a sort of, it, it covers so much of what is possible or sort of what I imagine. Are you saying that you'd prefer that it was specifically dances, like that's how your character communes with the spirits and the gods? Yeah, well, I mean, it's sort of the, the the word for it. Like, he doesn't have to, like, do a physical dance. It's just sort of the, the like, blanket phrase of what it means, like, what he's doing. He's being possessed. I am okay with that, yeah. So the ways that it sort of manifests is that, like, it either throws you into the spirit realm where there's a literal god who essentially imparts, like, premonition Mm-hmm. or prophecy to you there's also a thing where sort of you you're able to look through the eyes of the god that like and and sort of of things happening so it's this idea of like being able to scry information from objects and from places and from basically based on off of imprints i i tap in to to the other world and whatever god that I particularly need is sort of the particular dance that happens in order to, to get sort of either trying to see what happened in the situation or to feel what happened energetically, you know, X, Y, Z, whatever. But it's sort of, that's the main crux. And then sort of, I guess the, the next level of it would be in emergency situations. This would be like a super move or something where a, a literal, physical like ancestral deity would inhabit my body that last thing that you mentioned is actually something we'll get to in the next section something called special moves which is about channeling like spirits and luck in order to get an edge in emergency situations but uh i'm totally fine with all of that um during the context of the game i will ask you what your intentions are, how you're going to go about solving a problem, and we will Mm -hmm. discuss what skill is most appropriate. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of explain to me, like, what would fit most for you in terms of both Mm -hmm. skills and qualities. Great. Those of you at home who might be wondering, a lot of this character creation stuff seems really vague. Um, It is sort of on purpose. The idea is that as we move through different stories here in the future, we can use this method of character creation and playing the game in different campaign settings. It doesn't just have to be, you know, a Southern Gothic horror story with a mystery. We could do a future kaiju story with stuff like that with the same playing method because it is so variable to the players in the camping setting. If I'm going to put in all this work, I want to be able to use it on all, a whole bunch of different stuff. Some of the stuff I took from other sources, such as uh, Seventh Seas, uh, which is a, a pirate uh, role-playing game, which has some very problematic views on race. Um, 
Maybe I shouldn't say that part. That seems really shitty. <laughs> Call that one when they need to be called out. Mm -hmm. um, I also used a, uh, you know, this part will become clear later on, but I used part of a system that was designed for a game called uh, Beat to Quarters or uh, Honor and Glory, I think, which is, you know, a role playing game set in the Napoleonic Wars. So you could either be like a soldier fighting in the Napoleonic Wars or a sailor on a master and commander type ship. I like that game, or some parts of the character design stuff from that. So I borrowed some elements from that and cut out some of their things about race, which are also problematic. If you come from the wrong country, you're not able to read, which is kind of fucked up. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to spend like skills in order to be able to read. Did Paul just get himself a glass of wine? It is uh, grape juice. Oh, grappa. Uh, fermented grape juice? Nope. <laughs> just regular Welch's. Just regular Welch's, he says. Welch's. I got it from the store. Is it that Concord grape? Is it that one? Oh, it's so good. I don't even know it is. I mean, who, you never know. You could be one of those ones who does that white grape nonsense. Oh my goodness, no. I wouldn't be caught dead with that. What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> We're all going crazy in pandemic land. All right. I think I have them all. Okay, what you got? Um, so I have the archaic weapons for mm -hmm. mobile bonds. Uh, and then I have unarmed weapons for another... Because we're, we're a fucking tank. Okay. I have my dances... And then I have uh, medicine, uh, seeing as though Horace Allen Newton was a doctor, uh, and he's the nice white man that brought uh, young Charles over to America and also took him in after he was unable to cure his ailing parents uh, and then was orphaned. So medicine is under just an understanding of like Western medicine as far as like uh, being a surgeon and like understand like sewing up battle injuries and shit like that. So it's a bird that uh, that I believe would be, I'd be able to communicate because there is a... Maybe change that to like animal handling or animal care, just so it's a little less uber specific to one animal, like maybe you can care for all animals and I will allow you to have a crow or magpie that you can speak to. Okay. I mean, yeah, that that works. I, I love that idea, but I am also afraid that like it, there just may be possibilities where that skill might not come up if it's yeah. too specific. So that's why I just suggest to open it up a little bit. It's it's a magpie. So like animal communication or something like that? Yeah. Okay. You only speak to Tweety and Sylvester. <laughs> Now that you guys have your six skills determined, you're going to roll four D6s to determine the number of skill points that you can split up between your six skills. And is it the same way with the qualities? Do they all start at one and then we add or no? No, they're going to start at zero. They all start at zero. And uh, you don't necessarily need to worry about rolling low on those dice, because once again, there is a part coming up later where you can increase the value of your skills or create a new skill if you wanted. So you guys can go ahead and split those up as you choose amongst 
the associated skills. All right. So before we move on to the next section, which is special traits and moves, I'm just going to explain something really quick. Let me jump over to the character sheet. In the top right box, you'll notice on the bottom line in the middle, there is a section marked channeling. Channeling um, is something similar to luck or uh, you know, divine intervention. It's a resource that you use in order to change your fate or activate moves as special moves. And the way you earn those channeling points or luck points, whatever you want to call them, is by completing tasks that please your God or spending time to pray with them, spending time to commune with nature. And then once you use the points to activate your special moves or traits, they will be used up. You can also use them to like re-roll dice. And that's an option that everyone has, the re-rolling of dice, which we'll explain more when we actually start playing. But when we move on to signature moves, what you are coming up with is the special moves that are significant to your character. For instance, uh, Earl was talking about being possessed by a deity in order to assist him in an emergency situation. So you could come up with a title slash name for it, such as deity possession or spirit possession or something like that. And then you're going to come up with the effect of it, which is, let's say, if you activate that, you are immune to all physical damage for the next two rounds, let's say. Sweet. And then you would come up with a cost, and the cost uh, for a minor effect, such as, you know, just avoiding an enemy attack or something like that, would usually be a one. The cost for something major like that, like being possessed by a deity, I would say is two. Okay. And let me jump back to this other sheet, and I have some, some example traits slash moves, and I'll just read them out to you. So one example is like gain an edge, which is you spend one channeling point to add a die to your die pool. An immediate edge is to spend two channeling to add two successes to the results of your roll. Mm-hmm. Shrug it off is to spend one channeling point to ign- ignore an enemy attack once per turn. Damage redirection is spending one channeling to direct damage to a different health box. To explain a little bit more about that, you notice at the bottom there are three different boxes of three qualities of a healthy hero, body, ego, and persona. So normally in combat, you're being affected on your body and there are negative effects for for taking damage until you are knocked out. And then in the next box is ego, that refers to your mind being broken by either being scared or being proven wrong. And you take damage in that direction to have negative effects on completing tasks that call upon your mental knowledge. And last is persona, which is other people try to interrupt your social interactions and damage your social standing, making it more difficult for you to complete tasks where you need to speak with people. To go back, the damage redirection, if you're taking a physical attack, you could spend that one channeling to swap it over to your ego, kind of in character, saying the swing from an attack came close, but it did not hit. It just shook you. 
One that I think, Earl, you might want to think about is um, something called self-repair, which is you spend two channeling to repair one level of physical damage. Basically, you move yourself back up. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. And another one that you might think about is uh, double strike, which is to spend one channel to attack the same enemy twice in one turn. Mm-hmm. Um, how many special? How many slots do we have? You have three. You get to decide three of these special moves and traits. Okay. Is double um, strike also a, a two two point? That's just one. Okay. Double okay. strike. And as you're coming up with things, I will also say that in terms of magic and stuff like that. Most things you can accomplish through magic or preparation as long as you have the time, such as creating potions and whatnot. But if you want an immediate effect from something, that's when you would need to create a uh, special move or trait. Yeah. Because I don't really know what necessarily I'd like. Because I'm, I'm assuming that I'm going to be like a healer. So if there is something that's sort of like healing word... Or we can describe it as something different than that, but yeah. So I would call that saving grace or something like that. Okay. Basically, on your turn, you can spend a channeling point to heal and then one of your allies by one level, as long as you can touch them. I think that will be the caveat that I put on it: is it, it will only cost you one channeling point, but you have to move up in order to touch them. Okay. Who's a phoenix now? Uh, and then I was also thinking of something like invoking ancestors, sort of like a spirit channeling thing. But I'm not sure if I want it to be a protection for myself or like an extra boost sort of thing where I have I I cha- I like cha- channel my an- like invoke my ancestors and they help to provide more power to something. But then I would need okay I do. so. I would say a couple of options there. The first option might be, you know, channel the spirits. And the effect is that you create, summon ghostly spirits and your enemies uh, have to attack those ghostly spirits for a turn rather than you. Or if you want, you can spend two channeling points and the ghosts will make an attack roll against an enemy of your choice and the attack will be based on your kind of ritualism skill or something like that. Okay. Basically I'm going to have one of the special, my special moves be full possession. Can I have degrees of the full possession? So like one spending one point and being in full possession would be different than like spending a couple of like two points and doing a spirit possession, like, is there a way to like well, have, or are those do those? I think separate? I think we will be able to refine them the further along we get as we play and you level up. I think from the beginning, it's sort of um, amorphous, okay. like you haven't learned how to fully control it yet. So I would say for now, it's just like you are immune to physical damage for two turns after spending two channeling points. Yeah. But okay. in the future, it could be, I spend one channeling point, so I'm immune to attacks for two turns. And then if I spend additional channeling points as I'm fully possessed, it does like extra damage or it allows me to yeah. attack extra times or yeah. something. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. I want these special moves as you refine them and 
upgrade them or add new ones to come from character moments as we play. Right. So I think mine are going to be self-repair, double strike, and full possession. Perfect. How you doing there, Paul? Got my uh, task, or sorry, uh, specialty traits. Okay. Which uh, three did you go with? Oh, was it three? I thought you, I thought you said four. My bad. Well, I was trying to finagle a fourth. That was what I, that was, that was now. you might get a chance here in the next section to add a fourth one. So hold okay, on to I'll that. Uh, so I picked power through tag team and self repair. Perfect. I like yeah. tag team, which is you just uh, use your channeling to increase a teammate's luck. Um, well, I was trying to think of something like tag team. Um, but on a more like, I guess I could just call it tag team, but essentially just giving someone an extra point or an extra role or whatever, right? Yeah, you, but you're you're thinking about granting it in a, more of a mystical sense. Yes. Helping hands in quotation marks or something <laughs> like that. Um, what's what's the what's your magic, Krista? What's your um like where it's based? Yeah, it's like what are you? What? So I'm thinking, like, I, I feel like a lot of my magic is going to come from ritualistic stuff and potions, making, po- like, explosive potions, and maybe, like... Or, Krista, how about this? Let's say you have a special trait called In a Pinch or something like that, which is you spend two channeling points and you can immediately brew a potion that you need at that moment. Okay. Mm, so you could, cool. could have one that heals or an explosive one or something like that. I like that. That's I will cool. say that this stuff is sort of variable. I might need to change the cost versus effect ratio at different points. Of course. So of course. don't don't blame yourselves if I'm like, you know what, this is too powerful. We're going to have to make this cost a little bit more. Or, you know what, this isn't working we might need to change it change yeah. the cost something lower cool so the, cool. Three, the three i have are saving grace uh spend one to heal one level touch in a pinch uh and then invoking the ancestors and i like the enemies attacking the spirits all right cool so now that you guys have those we're going to move on to a section called life experiences so life experiences represent the prior events that have occurred in your character's life. And you're going to roll on a table here six times, and each time you get a result, you will get a different effect representing the results of that prior experience you had in your life. Pull out your D12s, folks, and I will quickly, well, not quickly, I will effectively read out the 12 different effects that you could get. And I'll explain the ones that seem a little funky or weird. If you roll a one, you add one to an existing skill. If you roll a two, you add plus one to a quality. Three is you create a rivalry or enforce an existing rivalry. What a rivalry is that it means that you have a nemesis that is either a person or an organization you have come up against in the past and when you are performing an action which is actively impeding that person or organization you will get a bonus to your dice pool equal to the number associated with that rivalry so let's say you know your dice pool is an eight but your 
going up against a person who you're a rival with and you have plus one, now you get to roll nine dice. Um, four is create an alliance or enforce an existing alliance. That is basically the opposite of rival. You have a person or organization that you have an uneasy alliance with, and when you perform a task that is in their favor, you get a bonus to the role based on the number associated with it. I should also say that when I say enforce an existing rivalry or an alliance, that means just increase the value by one in case you roll it same number twice. Uh, Create a difference between E enforces and I enforces, or is that just a spelling thing? No, that was just me typing at like three in the morning. Got it. Next, number five, is create a personal connection or enforce an existing personal connection. A personal connection is like an alliance, but the connection that you have with that person, and it's specifically a person, is much stronger. It's a friendship. That means that you can potentially have social situations where dropping that person's name would be in your favor or that person that you're meeting is a friend of your friend. That means that you can add a bonus to your role equal to the value associated with that. Number six is create a new special trait. Number seven is create a trinket or enforce a trinket. A trinket is like a family heirloom. It's a specific item that you carry with you, such as a compass that when a time comes that you use a skill that uses like a compass or the camera that your dad passed down to you, you get a bonus to your role based on that value. Number eight is create a weapon or enforce a weapon. This would be like, you know, a gun that your father passed down to you or, or that you learned to first shoot with, or, you know, the sword that you use during your shaman rituals. So when you attack with that weapon, you get a, Bonus to your role based on the value of the weapon. Number nine is create a mystical totem or enforce a totem. Uh, That's pretty self-explanatory. It would be an item that you carry with you that allows you to help channel spirits or commune with the dead or something like that. You know, a pouch full of, you know, the ashes of, you know, your cremated elders or something like that. When you're performing a ritual or something or using a spell and using your mystical totem to focus that spell, you get to add a value. Number 10 is increase your current channeling by plus two. So every character starts with a zero in channeling. When you roll this one, your value goes up by two, so you start the game with two extra ones. That one might change a little bit to be that you have two automatically at the start of each game session. Uh, We'll see how quickly channeling disappears, that I might change that. Uh, Number 11 is you create a new skill, and it automatically starts with a value of one. And then number 12 is choose one from the above and roll again. Just for Paul, I know that you are not necessarily that interested in being a mystical character of any kind, like performing magic. So if you were to roll the mystical totem one, I would allow you to roll it again to get a different option. Funny, because I actually do. You're going to roll a d12 six times. So you're going to have six different 
uh, results by the time you finish this, or six or more. Uh, two, eight, nine, eight, ten, and twelve were my rolls. Uh, and uh, then and for the twelve, I picked an extra ten, and then I rolled okay. nine. So yeah, you can either have two separate weapons, or a weapon that's a plus two, or two and two separate mystical totems, or one totem that's a plus two. Since you rolled both of those twice, I have a weapon that is also a mystical totem. I would say that it can be both, but you wouldn't be values wouldn't stack based on how you're using it. So if you're okay. using it specifically in a magical setting, we're going to use the value from the mystical totem roll. And if got you're it. using it as a weapon, we'll use the value you got from Great. the weapon. Okay. Then I'll just have the weapon be separate, and then I'll have bells, like a, a string of a little string of bells, as my mystical totem. I have to admit that this is a deficiency of the design that I sent to you, Krista, when you finished it. I did not put a section for trinkets, weapons, or totems, mm-hmm. so you can just write it on the back of the character sheet for now. I don't know if we're going to design a back yet because. In future games, I want to include that mechanic where you flip it over and there's something different on the back, like you play as the kaiju on the back or, a oh, yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. But since this is the first time we're playing this, we're just going to stick with the one side, the one character for now. So I can plus one to a quality. Yeah, so Dan, I rolled three different sixes. Should I re-roll some of those since oh. I add three new special traits? Special traits. Bam, yeah, bam, I would bam, go bam, ahead and re-roll bam. two of those. Okay. Two and four. So I got eight, two, three, four, six, four. And uh, with the rivalries, alliances, personal connections, and stuff like that, you can name the person or organization, and then I will have you guys type up character histories for me, and you kind of explain how you met this person or ran into them, how they became your ally or rival or whatever. Mm. And that way I can find ways to insert them into the game in a organic way, and that way we can also keep stuff a little bit secret from the audience. Created a weapon. Okay. I would I feel like I would have some sort of ceremonial dagger on me to begin with. Yeah. As a weapon. Yeah. Ain't no one taking her down in a knife fight. I need to make another skill and I don't necessarily know what to do for that. If I wanted to have sort of like a familiar well, not someone that I can necessarily speak to, but that protects me would that be a special skill or i would say that would be like animal handling i don't think you have a skill that kind of describes your fighting style which might become a bit of an issue if you ever do get into a scrape where you actually have to fight i don't know what my fighting style would be i feel like i would just try to stab people i mean I don't know. Just, just like edged weapons or um street fighting you know just or, try to get I mean, in and out as quickly as possible or, or, or I don't know, maybe like make some sort of magical attack. That's really, a special move. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So, what kind of what kind of magic attack do I want? Could I have like a vine sort of thing if I could? You want like, nature? Yeah. Do you want it? Because I have nature. nature. I have nature as one of my skills. Is that a special trait that you're creating? Yeah. 
Because I do have one special trait that I can make. Call it like a call to nature. You want it to attack or just impede the person? Um, I'd say attack. Okay. So spend a channeling point and the nearest plant life to the enemy will make an attack roll against okay. the enemy. And it'll be based on your mystical skill. I just have to, have to come up with one rival and two alliances. Um, I've got the six numbers. Is that what you're asking for? Go ahead and read me out the first one. Uh, one. Okay, so one is you add plus one to an existing skill. Okay, um, I got five. Five is you create a personal connection. In the character sheet, you'll see a section marked personal connections. Okay, do. Uh, seven. Seven is you create a trinket, which, um... There's not a slot, a spot on the character sheet. You can just put it on the back of the page or wherever you want to find space. Um, that's a non-magical item Your for you. Like a compass. Your sexy sunglasses. <laughs> badge. Your, your uh, favorite mug. Uh, three. Three is you create a rivalry just to give you some insight into... The time period, if you want it to be an organization, you could have it be such as the American Tobacco Company, which is the large business monopoly that kind of created the conditions that led to the Black Patch Tobacco Wars. Or you could be uh, against the Night Riders, which is the vigilante group of Kentucky plantation owners that were vandalizing and attacking people all around Kentucky during that time period. You hate the mob. What about the KKK? <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's fine by me. The Night Riders and the uh, KKK, they were pretty similar. So, Is your rival white supremacy? My rival is racism. <laughs> racism. Good for you. I, I would put the KKK. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just to be a little more specific. Okay. I got five twice. Uh, so you can either create a new personal connection or you can increase the value of your current personal connection plus two. It can be a very personal connection. Maybe you have a deputy. Ooh. Deputy. like that. But I did not shoot the deputy. I mean, your rival could also be your ex-wife. Your rival could also be your deputy. <laughs> kind of like that. Um, I, what if your deputy was also your ex-wife? <laughs> also your ex-wife. <laughs> I like all of that. It's, it's, this is a really complicated rival. 1900s gentleman. <laughs> it's your rival, your lines, your personal connection are, are all the same person. <laughs> and it's your ex-wife. <laughs> that's a mess. <laughs> I mean, that's real as fuck, though, but, like, yeah. <laughs> yikes. Uh, eight? Eight is uh, create a weapon. So, like, your rifle or six-shooter or something like that. So, yeah, you would have had, like, a cold peacemaker or a Navy special or something like that. So, as, as long as you guys are done, you also get six experience points, which on the character sheet is in the box right beside channeling. Uh, I'll explain leveling up. So experience points are the resource that allows you to level up qualities and skills and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Way to level up a quality is the value number you have times the value number you want to go to. So if 
you have a five and you want to go to six, you need 30 experience points that you spend to level it up. Or if you have two and you want to go to three, you need six experience points to move it up. For Great. skills, it's uh, the value you have plus the value you want to get to. So if you have a five and you want to go to six, you need 11 experience points to level up. Or if you want to go to, from two to three, you need five experience points in order to level it up. In terms of the signature moves, like I said, those will be character moments that uh, come up at uh, different points. And we will determine in those moments how much it will cost you in order to level up or expand a skill or a special trait, I should say. So if you have a place that you want to spend those right now, you can. Okay. If you don't, you do not have to spend them. You can actually save them. Like I said, you also be getting experience points on a regular basis, one for defeating an enemy, one for solving the puzzle in the room, and one for, you know, completing a task. Wait, you said it's six it's six to go from two to three? On a scale? Two yeah. Two times three. Or on a quality, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Great. And then when you want to level it up from three to four, it'll be 12. 12. Got it. And then uh, the final touches are giving your character a name. In the next box down, you'll see something kind of mystic style slash persona. That's just basically a description of like who you are when you perform. Since there are no character classes, you can kind of use it as a way to describe yourself in like a short sentence or two, in case that ever comes up. I've uh, I've got uh, Harold Colmer. I know it's Colmer. Like Gomer, Colmer, Sheriff Colmer. I like that. What was the name of your character again, Earl? Charles Allen Park. And then Krista, have you decided on a name for your character? No, I have to do some more digging. Congratulations, you have more or less finished character creation. Before we start our actual playing of the sessions, I would like you guys to kind of write up a character history and email it to me. Use those life experiences that we rolled as kind of a guide to help you fill in the blanks, like, why is this person my rifle? How did I get this special gun that I carry around with me? Those kinds of things. The premise behind this method of character creation that we're using was to help you start with a core concept. And by the end of it, you should have a pretty, a more clear idea of who that character is, not just terms in terms of role play, but of past experiences. Cause I'm sure in your head, you were thinking, okay, how did I get this item? Or why am I arrival with this person? And hopefully that grants you more ownership over the character rather than just, you know, filling in blank spaces filling in the dots of a character sheet that has more filled in for you than it probably should. <laughs> so how did that experience feel, you guys? That was yeah. great. Yeah. I feel like I, I was glad I had what I had. Yeah. Like, I feel like my prep work was helpful and made it easier. Yeah. Like I said, the feedback I kind of got was that it starts out a little bit painful. Mm -hmm. But then as you go along you feel that you have more ownership after having done the work. So mm -hmm. when I did the test run, one of the guys had just like the simplest idea that he was going to be like an investigative reporter for the New York Post <laughs> tracking down monsters. But by the time he finished it, he had like a whole backstory about how 
his dad had been studying the occult and uh, they had kidnapped him in order to prevent his dad from learning anymore. The whole backstory okay. just kind of came That's together. Awesome. Yeah, so, it's, cool. it's cool that you've got the built-in, like the story, like the rivalry, the personal connection, and, like cool. all that stuff. The, so that came from the system for uh, duty and honor or beat to quarters. They do that like 20 times or something like that. Wow. But they have more options to choose from. And you're like doing it with playing cards. So you have higher chances of not repeating. Interesting. Yeah. That's fun. That's fun. And before we go, we should probably go around and do some plugs. Paul, do you have anything exciting going on or a social media presence that you want people to follow you on? Yeah, uh, follow me at, at Paul Allen Dixon on Instagram, and uh, you can probably find me on Facebook. Uh, right now, I'm just you know writing and trying to create content. Currently auditioning quite a lot, actually, <laughs> and uh, a bit of voiceover, so it's been pretty busy. So uh, hopefully something will come out of that, and uh, then I can promote it all over the place. Earl? Yeah, uh, find me on Twitter at Earl of Sandwich. S-A-M-M-I-C-H. Um, and also you can find me on Twitch at Earl of Sandwich with a T. Twitch and Twitter. Twit, 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 twitch. Twitch. Crystal Llewellyn. Hi. What do you got going on? Um, I uh, am still pretty active on Instagram. Uh, my makeup handle is Crystal Llewellyn M-U-A. I am trying to switch over my live streams to maybe a Twitch platform or a YouTube platform because my phone isn't agreeing with me with live streams anymore. Follow that for updates. And then I also have a um, Etsy shop, which is Shop Rogue. Uh, you can find us at Instagram at Shop Rogue Etsy. And I'm making um, reusable masks. And I have a new product called uh, the CC cover, which is a wipeable um, makeup chair cover. So if you are a makeup artist and need a eco-friendly sanitary solution for your seat, I got you. Let me ask you this question, Krista. Yes. Would you be able to put those vinyl covers on just about any chair or is it specifically designed for makeup chairs? Could it's, I put it on my computer chair for instance? You probably couldn't put it on your computer chair because it's it's made for the dimensions of a makeup chair. But I know that there are some camping chairs that are similar dimensions and a, sh- a similar shape to um, a makeup chair. It's made for like a foldable like camping chair or makeup chair. GTM of house GTM. Yes. What do you got going on? Um, currently, I am also Twitch streaming. You can find me at JapRican1, uh, both on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch. And you, uh, like, theme the um, the show each time to, like, oh, we're going to do an episode mostly about animals today. Yeah. Or we're going to try and replicate some Kurosawa framing, since the game is so Kurosawa-inspired. What about you, Dan? Yeah, Dan. Well, Crystal Llewellyn. Thank you for asking. You can follow me on Instagram at Hemingway Light and watch me slowly lose my mind. Uh, yeah, I don't have anything to announce. Just follow me at Hemingway Light on Instagram and Twitter. L-I-T-E, like it's a diet soda. Thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you again soon. Goodbye. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to Dice Try. I'm your host, Daniel Schaub, and this episode's cast has included Paul Dixon, Earl Kim, and Crystal Llewellyn. This production has been edited by Gabriel Toya Melendez with special music provided by Glenn Davis. Please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Dice Try Podcast. And while you're there, don't forget to subscribe and review. Really want just one day where I can remove some false facial hair and one day somebody's like, oh. I can make that happen. It's true. I have that power. I have to grow out a glorious mustache and then shave it off and then you yeah. replace it with a fake one. But but then but then but then you remove the skin to reveal another mustache underneath the skin. <laughs> just layers of weirdness mustache skin mustache i'm like trying to think of how you could do that <laughs> you need like a ball cap for your upper lip yeah you need yeah. a ball cap for your upper lip. yeah like a, like, a, like a little blender with a piece over it with the lip and then the, the like hair is like maybe smaller and it's glued down a bit more but it's there that'd be great oh now i want to do that or maybe you just pull off different parts of the mustache so it becomes like a handlebar mustache, like a regular cowboy mustache, like maybe a twirly Dalai Lama or Salvador Dali. Give me a twirly Dalai Lama. That sounds like a drink somewhere. <laughs> or a sex move. Actually, maybe the, the sex thing. move involves is, a drink. Involves a drink. There you go.